Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast, Fantasy Playoffs Weekly Preview Edition. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and joining me once again to help you, the good listeners, ready to win those fantasy playoff matchups, it is the legendary Kate Maju. Kate, how are you today? I'm doing great. We're in a crucial must-win week. It's pretty much everybody. It's one or done. So, like, we've got to help you make some of the best possible decisions for your lineups. We've got a lot of injuries, too, that we're going to need to navigate this week. I'm excited to dive in. I just hope that we can come through for our our very favorite listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to get you guys all the information that hopefully you're looking for, help you get those lineups set. And and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun one to go through here. We're going to go game by game as we usually do, hit on those key players and matchups. Um, we'll include the timestamps in the episode description as well. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. I will do a quick ad break here from our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life, and then we will start it off. So as a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eaters, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right kate let's get it going here and start where we always do thursday night football always a fun game uh to talk about it's the new orleans saints at the los angeles rams this week uh anywhere in particular you want to start with these two teams uh let's let's start with new orleans why not um you know going up against the rams uh should technically sort of be uh, a decent matchup. The Rams are allowing the seventh most fantasy points per game to the running back or the quarterback position could be an interesting spot for Derek Carr, but not going to trust Derek Carr in (laughs) such a crucial week. I'm sorry. Even though this looks like a great matchup on paper, I can't do it. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where like I think if people are desperate for a streaming option and, and they very well might be considering the amount of injuries at the quarterback position, like we've talked about Derek Carr every single week on the waiver wire show just because of his fantasy playoff schedule, like he could be one of those guys that you plug in um, just because you don't have anybody else and, and he could be serviceable. But for the most part, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm it's he's outside of that top 12 range pretty easily for me. And then um yeah, just not, he's been not tough. Like yeah. I, I know he's, he's been dealing with injuries too. So that's sort of been throwing some extra wrenches in the mix here, but you know, outside of that, that week 15 outing 218 passing yards, three touchdowns. Otherwise it's been like really tough sledding, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero touchdowns, one interception, one touchdown, one, inter- like the ceiling has been super, super low for Derek Carr, which the floor has been uh, even lower. So I have some problems trying to to really lean into that matchup in particular. But, um, you know, I, I think I, you're right. Like some people might be in some, some dire straits here heading into yeah. uh, week 16. Yeah, that that's pretty much you know the 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 only place I'm I'm really looking to to get him into a lineup and and his wide receivers have been banged up as well right Chris Olave banged up coming into this week but it looks like he's good to go um, Rashid Shahid has been dealing with injuries but he's another one that could be good to go um, I mean outside of Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave is there anybody else on New Orleans that you're like excited about starting this week? No, um, I, I don't think you can. And I, I think maybe the one interesting somewhat spot is Juwan Johnson, who, you know, coming off a, a game where had two catches, 38 receiving yards in a score, which, um, you know, a score pretty much guarantees you're, you're going to finish in the top 10 here. The Rams are allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Um, if the receiving core is, you know, that banged up, maybe we see, Car go back to Juwan Johnson a bit. Uh, maybe we see, you know, some more Taysom Hill. Like I, I think you, if you're rolling the dice uh, at the tight end position, I think you could probably do worse than both of these guys, but I'm not excited about either. Yeah, makes sense. And the same thing, like I, I'm not excited about Rashid Shahid either. There, there'll be better weeks for him, I think, but he's typically performed a lot better against man coverage and the Rams, one of those zone heavy teams. And it just, there's just not enough there to like Rashid Shahid and get him into lineups as far as, you know, snaps and, and target rate goes, even though that's increased with Michael Thomas out, not necessarily the most favorable matchup uh, this week for him. So how about on the Rams side of things? I feel like this offense um, pretty easy to to sort through here. Um, so I, I feel like Matthew Stafford, we could start him uh, 12 touchdown passes and only one interception over his last four games. And that's including games against the Browns and the Ravens. So I feel like Matthew Stafford has kind of earned a starting spot in most fantasy lineups. Kyron Williams. Absolutely. You love the volume there yes. and, and the opportunity Cooper cup and Puka Nakua. I know, you know, again, I talk about this in the wide receiver man zone report, but these guys have typically struggled against man coverage, but they also see decent target rates, and that's really what we're banking on here. And they may not be overly efficient this week with their their targets, but there should be enough there to get them um, in starting lineups and 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 be viable fantasy options. So, how about you? How how are you feeling about the Rams' offense? I think you you kind of covered it. Um, you know, I don't know that you're necessarily feeling great about either of these wide receivers, but like you mentioned, the target rate makes it you know really hard to consider actually sitting them at this point. And you also know what the upside is, right? Like 
Uh, Saints defense has been uh, relatively stingy to the quarterback and uh, wide receiver positions like that, that connection, they've been, uh, you know, forcing some inefficiency there. So again, could be one of those inefficient days, but I mean, you're, you're starting Kyron Williams can't get much better volume than that. Um, And he's been pretty matchup proof regardless this season. So um, yeah, I think we kind of know what this LA Rams offense is at this point. And it's a fairly simple start sit process for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, So let's move on to the Saturday slate of games and Saturday starts off with the Cincinnati Bengals at Kate's Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Kate, I don't know what you did to deserve Mason Rudolph for Christmas, um, but here we are. It it is, uh, things are not looking great here for the Steelers. I mean, they've been out of sorts here for a while. And then even Najee Harris, we we saw with a a season low in terms of snap count last week, um, only played, I think, a third of the offensive snap. So this is a trickier situation to to sort through so how how are you feeling about the Steelers offense is there anyone that you actually like um this week you know I I don't think you really like any of these options it's very hard for me to trust anybody just given the low scoring you know lack of productivity in terms of of yardage like this is a team that's kind of in, in dire straits on all fronts. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph hasn't played football in a couple of years. Like we'll see how that, uh, you know, kind of comes in. He came in to close out week 15, but, uh, hasn't gotten a start in quite a while. So like he might have some rust to kick off here. Who knows how that's going to translate to the, the passing game here. If they can get some, some rhythm going between Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, obviously, if, if you guys haven't, been following around that disaster of, of a, a narrative here. Um, things just look really rough and it makes it very hard to trust any of these playmakers in a really critical situation because the, the productivity hasn't been there. The, the, the offense in general, just there's a lot of dysfunction right, right now, I think between, you know, this entire group coaching players, locker room, like it, it's, it's not good. And I'm, you know, if I can avoid any of these players on my roster, I am avoiding any of these players on my roster, which kind of seems a little bit insane, but like, I, I mean, you mentioned Najee Harris relatively like just written out of this game script last week, um, didn't even result in a ton of work for, yeah. uh, or a, a ton of efficiency in that work for Jalen Warren, 15 touches, 68 scrimmage yards, like, yeah, there's there's not a lot to be excited about, right? And and I was starting to get excited again about Deontay Johnson because I still really like him and touchdowns in three straight games. You look at like since he came back in week seven, he's he's wide receiver twenty one in PPR um, over that span, right? It's just the concern now is what is this offense going to look like with Mason Rudolph? And I guess I just don't have the faith uh, that it's going to be anything special, really. I mean, anything could happen, obviously, um, but like Deontay. Johnson probably the guy that I like the most out of this Steelers offense if I do have to pick one and even then he's like more of a wide receiver three for me uh unfortunately yeah and I like I think there's some some upside to be had there especially in terms of volume um you know I I don't know uh that this team is necessarily going to look to involve George Pickens super heavily uh like there's there's 
most people around the league are saying like this dude needs to be benched. So perhaps they limit some of his role in that game, which could force an uptick in production from Deontay Johnson. You also have the fact that he scored a touchdown over each of the last three games. So like even when the yardage hasn't necessarily been there, the the touchdowns have helped uh, his case quite a bit, a touchdown four different games this year. And, you know, I think, He's got to be the safest option you can have, but he is no by no means a, a guarantee or a lock for a wide receiver today. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And um, yeah, I think that, I mean, pretty much covers the the Steelers because even, yeah, Pat Fryermuth, it's a nice matchup against the Bengals, giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the tight end position, but it, it hasn't been there outside of that one game for, for Fryermuth. And like we've been saying, the offense is, is scary at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scary is one way to scary is one way to put it. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they too dealing with some, some issues, obviously uh, Jamar chase is officially out for this week. Uh, he didn't practice today on Thursday. So um, that leaves T Higgins as a potential option here this week, had a really nice game last week with two touchdowns. So do like to see that from T Higgins. I do feel like with Jamar chase out of the lineup, like T Higgins definitely becomes a starting option. Again, I feel like we talked about it last week where we wanted to see it from T Higgins. He's shown it to us now, at least a couple of weeks, he's strung them together um, and, and look strong. So I feel pretty comfortable about starting him again on that kind of low end tight end to or wide receiver two range. Yeah, I think that's fair. And you know, he's, he's got the upside and this offense in general has a whole lot of upside. Um, obviously there are, are, question marks about like, is this productivity sustainable? Um, didn't see a whole lot of them out from, you know, in, in their first matchup against the Steelers just a few weeks ago, but it is worth noting that the Pittsburgh Steelers, they just continue to take hits on defense that might put this Bengals offense in a really interesting position to take advantage of. Uh, you, they were already having issues at inside linebacker following injuries to two of their, their key guys. Uh, they've been kind of just rotating through the pack and, and haven't found a great answer at inside linebacker, especially in terms of coverage. Now heading into week 16, uh, starting safety Minka Fitzpatrick is out. Keanu Neal still on IR. Demonte Casey suspended like the entire middle of the field. I have to imagine is just going to go uncovered. Um, so I, I think this could produce some interesting uh, results maybe for uh, Tyler Boyd, maybe for Tanner Hudson, who, uh, you know, has ranked third in total targets from uh, quarterback Jake Browning this year, only behind Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. Like if they can just get these two working in tandem across the middle of the field, they might score 50 fantasy points, just the two of them on their own. Yeah, I like that call. And yeah, we talked about it on the IDP preview last night. Like there's nobody left in the the, the Pittsburgh safety room. Like uh, even Trenton Thompson. I might Thompson, be trying out for You might be. You very week. well might be um, playing safety for the Steelers this week. Like Trenton Thompson was banged up as well. They're, they were talking about putting Miles Killebrew back there. It's just like there's there's a lot to uh, uh, yeah sort through there. But there's definitely opportunity then for the Bengals offense. So I'm with you. I like their passing options this week. Um, but yeah, anybody else from uh, the Bengals for you? Joe no, Mixon, I, yeah. Like Chase Brown been Joe getting more involved, but yeah, you still feel fine about Joe Mixon, right? Like getting the goal line work, that's been the main thing for him. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you're not necessarily worried about 
Chase Brown stealing work. Now I do think he's a perhaps a viable streamer. Um, if you're in dire straits at the running back position, I think you could do worse than Chase Brown. Um, you also had, uh, you know, Cam Hayward, who had been diagnosed with a concussion this week. He was just cleared today. But again, this entire defense, especially in the middle of the field, not not in a good spot. Chase Brown, he's seen some some work, you know, in the screen game, um, has had nine plus touches over the last three weeks, uh, 50 plus yards in each of those. Like if you're in a what the heck kind of situation where like you're you're down and you're down hard in a crucial crucial matchup I don't think you could maybe maybe you consider Chase Brown but just know it's risky yeah he's looked good with his touches I'm with you I I don't mind um Chase Brown like in those those deeper spots like you said um yeah he's 30 percent of the rush attempts over the last three games they've been getting him involved as as a receiver as well so there's opportunity there for Chase Brown for sure um all right, the other Saturday game is the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, man, this uh, Chargers offense, I, I don't know really where to what start What Chargers here. offense? They're, yeah, good point. Yeah, we saw what it was last week. Just one of the worst um, games, I think, to watch on Thursday night. As for as high scoring it was, it was just like torture. Um, and yeah. Austin Eckler is a big part of that, right? Like if you're an Austin Eckler manager at this point uh, in the season – I don't know. Like, I don't know of how he's not very startable for me. Like he's somebody that I'm looking for any reason not to start him. Um, We've talked about it a few times on this preview show, how ineffective he's been this season, difficult matchup against the bills um, who yeah, decent at at defending the run here. I have their numbers somewhere, Um, (laughs) but they're allowing just one yard before one rushing yard before contact per attempt, seventh best mark in the league, the chargers offensive line 30th in run blocking grade. So that doesn't help. Um, You're also seeing Isaiah Spiller work in there. They're just the, even the opportunity for Austin Eckler isn't there. And you look at what he's done when contacted two or fewer yards from the line of scrimmage um, 2.3 yards per carry 30th out of 41 running backs there. Um, 47.7 rushing grade when contacted two or fewer yards beyond the line of scrimmage, which is 37th out of 41 qualifying running backs. He's been awful. Uh, I am looking for reasons to bench Austin Eckler and, uh, I will where I can, um, this week. Yeah. I, I mean, it sucks to say, and it's going to really suck if in the fantasy football playoffs, you bench him and he goes off on your bench, but like, there's nothing outside of name value. I think that, you know, in terms of what we've seen from Austin Eckler, that, that kind of, uh, dictates that he should have a no questions asked role, uh, in your fantasy lineups here. You know, you mentioned Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly. Like, I really do think that this team, as they kind of close the door on the 2023 season, they need to evaluate what could be next for this team. I do think a big part of that is evaluating the running backs. You know, they're not expecting Austin Eckler to re-sign with them this offseason. They're not expecting uh, him back in any capacity. So that means that in the middle of this rebuild, they're going to be tasked with figuring out like, okay, do we need to utilize some draft capital on the running back position? Do we need to invest some money in free agency? Do we need to make a trade? Like part of that I do think is getting to properly evaluate Isaiah Spiller, who, um, you know, coming out of AM was just a, a he was a, a solid prospect that we just haven't been able to see much of because of Austin Eckler on the field. I wouldn't be surprised if they, 
utilize some of this time over the next couple of weeks to really just like figure this team out and figure out what they have on the roster because they already know what Austin Eckler is. Like they know what he, they know what he is and they know he's not a part of their future. So, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but yeah, I could, I could picture them leaning, continuing to lean in a, a heavy direction elsewhere. Yeah, that's definitely part of the concern there for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I I'm with you. I don't think that he's with the team next year. So uh, especially looking for a new contract, um, it would be shocked if he's still there. So makes sense that they would work in other guys. Um, but other than that, for the Chargers offense, um, I'm sorry, Easton Stick, you know, uh, you know, you're my, one of my favorite uh, pieces of hockey equipment to use when I play road <laughs> hockey. But um, other than that, I think it's Keenan Allen. And I don't know how much I'm trusting like Josh Palmer. I know he had the touchdown last week, but busted coverage. The guy was wide open. I don't know if that we're, we're going to bank on that again here with Easton Stick at quarterback uh, against the Bills. So Probably just Keenan Allen for me this week. Well, and also worth noting, uh, Keenan Allen missed practice. I, I don't, we don't have his oh, report thanks. here uh, for Thursday. Keep an eye on Keenan Allen's status because he sat out last week, um, you know, dealing with a heel injury. And I'm just a little bit worried that, again, knowing the trajectory of this offense, knowing that it is a lost season, if this is kind of a, a lingering issue that might affect him over the next couple of weeks, would it be out of the question that they like shut him down entirely? I don't know. Um, But just keep a close eye on his practice availability Thursday onward, because that could be um, that could be a key key factor in, in a lot of these crucial start set decisions. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, Yep, I would be uh, definitely concerning if Keenan Allen plays. I don't know that I'd be starting uh, anybody on the Chargers in that case. Um, so how about on the Buffalo Bills side? So this is at least, uh, you know, some some offensive players that we can trust here. Hopefully this week, Josh Allen, James Cook, been fantastic, obviously, especially last week. Um, but it's Stefan Diggs, obviously. So the I guess the question marks probably come with like Dalton Kincaid at tight end. I know you wrote about um, this in your, your panic or antic column um, this past week, but no points, uh, no catches for Dalton Kincaid in week 15. So where are you at as far as comfortability in, in starting him this week? I, I'm i going to be honest, not all that comfortable here. And it, obviously not having anything to do with the talent, but just the overall trajectory of this offense. They've leaned, uh, you know, since Ken Dorsey has been fired, they've leaned so much heavier into running back Dev, uh James Cook. I always want to say Dalvin Cook. Uh, they've le- leaned super heavily into James Cook. He's been a top five running back, a top three running back uh, in each of the last two weeks. Uh, you know, they had the week 13 bye, but had finished as an RB1 in each of the two weeks prior. Like it, James Cook is cooking. Um, and it's not just on the ground. We're starting to see a lot more involvement from James Cook as a receiver, which You'll notice over the past few weeks, as they've established the run, as they've gotten Cook more involved, and they're setting, you know, Josh Allen up for some of these easier completions, they're turning the ball over less and and it's working. And I don't think they're going to deviate away from that. I think they need to continue uh, for the sake of the offense to lean into James Cook. And it just seems that between James Cook, between, you know, Stefan Diggs being the clear wide receiver one, and 
a whole lot of like secondary assets here. It feels like Kincaid's kind of gotten lost in the mix. I think that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I, like you've been mentioning, like Joe Brady, he's done a, a nice job kind of turning the offense around a little bit. They, they were going through their struggles, obviously. And I just, yeah, I, I think like as much as like we like James Cook and, and Stefan Diggs, I, I don't think there's going to be a need to involve that much more from their offense, right? Going against the Chargers this week, a game that they should win pretty easily i would imagine um we'll see maybe the chargers get some magical um brandon staley list boost this week but i i just can't really see it i just think that there's there's not going to be a need to pass the ball a ton um we saw it last week as well they even against the cowboys they really stuck to the run game which that one more by design than anything but i think they could just do that again here against the chargers because um there, yeah, there just shouldn't be a need to be um, passing too much against them. So I'm with you. I, I think Dalton Kincaid definitely seems like the odd man out here. Gabe Davis as well, like we've been saying over the past couple of weeks, like the struggles there. He has Mr. Had a goose catch egg back himself. To back weeks. Yeah, yeah. So Gabe Davis we, invented the goose egg. Dalton Kincaid just copied it for one week. Oh, I, nice. There you I, go. <laughs> it, it sucks, but it is what it is, man. Yeah. It is. So moving on to the uh, Sunday slate now, Indianapolis Colts at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, any, well, man, I, we always got to talk about Atlanta, but so we may as well start there because obviously Bijan Robinson managers um, extremely disappointed last week uh, with his performance and his usage. Obviously he had the, the, um, the lost fumble as well, but doubled in carries by Tyler Algier. I think it was like 14 to seven or something like that. His lowest snap share, um, Bijan Robinson since that, that migraine week or whatever it was. Are you yeah. starting Bijan Robinson, um, this week and, and hoping for, for a better outcome here because it could be a run heavy game script again. So we know Atlanta wants to run the ball. It should be a fairly close game here against the Colts feel like there's going to be opportunity there so are you starting think, Bijan Robinson <laughs> I think you do and I like again I know it's um it's kind of sad to think of him and consider him such a risky asset at this point yeah. considering you drafted him probably as an RB1 in your league yeah. and it, it just hasn't come to fruition he's still the RB10 uh, on the year so far but um, you know again that ceiling hasn't quite been what we want he's had just one top five finish so far this season uh, last week finished as the RB 64. So like he, if you were leaning on Bijan in week 15, he, he absolutely killed you and it's going to be hard to go back. But um, you know, following that weird migraine game came back, saw some decent workload. I would expect the same in this matchup, especially against the Colts who have been, um, you know, a, a more favorable matchup to opposing running backs, uh, especially in terms of touchdowns allowed. Um, these two teams, I think, match up fairly evenly in terms of um, offense, incredibly, just because, uh, you know, while Atlanta might have the edge in terms of like the the quality of their personnel, I don't think the execution uh, is quite as as, you know, excellent as you would like to see, uh, which I think you know, puts these guys at a, a fairly even kind of matchup point. And I, I think this could be a run heavy game, which should be favorable. 
for Bijan Robinson should be should right yeah should and, and Arthur Smith is listening to this laughing maniacally um right now but oh he thinks I, this is hilarious yeah keep laughing yeah. buddy keep laughing yeah yeah a couple more weeks hopefully um but uh yeah it's uh, yeah fantasy managers obviously were they're going to be scared off from that performance last week but I mean looking at Nate's rankings too Nate has him as RB9 so I think he's thinking the same kind of thing here bounce back usage and 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 game script for for Bijan Robinson and like you said he he has been good when given the touches um but uh yeah I think we I think we could roll him out again the other question is going to be the passing offense Taylor Heineke is going to be at quarterback so Drake London Kyle Pitts uh, I Kyle Pitts, I'm not starting that that one I think I'm staying away from we're talking about yet yeah, the run heavy game script so Drake London Another one, um, and actually, I think you wrote about this one in, in your panic or antic column as well, because two catches for 24 yards in, in week 15 for Drake London, not good. After um, a career best, after a career best. And that's what hurts the most, I think, out of, uh, you know, any of these these situations. It it sucks because I, I think people finally got that one game that we've all been waiting for for Drake London put him back in your lineup and then boom, he goes kerplunk. I do think this wouldn't be the worst spot start for Drake London in this specific matchup, given that they are at home. Um, you know, you look at the splits for Desmond Ritter, he's passing, uh, you know, almost 250 yards per game at home. Um, 3.6% touchdown rate, which you don't, it's not great, but it's still almost double what he's averaging on the road. Um, you know, it, the offense is more productive at home. And I do think that that could be conducive to, um, you know, a decent wide receiver to showing from Drake London. But again, you're still not, not expecting that sort of ceiling that we saw in week 14 that may have had us pretty excited for the future. Yeah, that's the thing, right? And yeah, we'll see what uh, what the offense looks like here with another week at, of uh, Taylor Heineke at QB. But yeah, it's just London, right? He's He's been so up and down. Um, six games now outside of the top 36 PPR wide receivers um, and only four inside the top 24. So really playing roulette here with uh, with Drake London a little bit. But like you said, it, the talent is there. We know that, you know, he can have these big games. So uh, not the worst matchup for him um, to necessarily do something this week against the Colts. Um, and then on the Colts side, uh, it seems like, Jonathan Taylor is going to be back this week. Um, Zach Zach Moss did not practice on Wednesday, so it could be a Jonathan Taylor week. We've seen them ease him in coming off injury before. So are you starting Jonathan Taylor? Because it feels like he's probably a startable option, especially if Zach Moss can't go. Yeah, I, I think if Jonathan Taylor's active, you start him. Um, I have to imagine if he is active, that that means he can grip a ball, which is obviously like the biggest concern in general for a running back with a thumb injury. So mm -hmm. you have to imagine that he's good to go. And yeah, you, you fire him up with full confidence. I have no, no reservations about awesome. starting Jonathan Taylor if he's active. Awesome. Nice. Like that. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, Michael Pittman, he was limited on Wednesday in practice dealing with the concussion. We'll see if he gets cleared or not, but yeah, obviously he would be a starter if he's active. Um, 
and Gardner Minshew uh, may be a potential streaming option this week. He's been pretty good lately um, over the past three weeks, earned an 81.8 passing grade when kept clean, which is eighth best among quarterbacks. He's thrown six touchdown passes with no interceptions or turnover worthy plays in that same span when kept clean. This is one of those matchups that the Colts do have an advantage in the trenches and, and should be able to um, limit pressure that, that the Gardner Minshew sees and keep them clean. So I don't mind Gardner Minshew as like a streaming option this week, but I mean, really probably more of like a super flex option more than anything. Cause there could be, there could still be better um, streaming options that, that are available to you, but um, Minshew at least has some positives um, to, to look at for, for this week's matchup. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right, let's go to uh, the Green Bay Packers at the Carolina Panthers. And where would you like to start with these two teams? Uh, let's start with Carolina, because I, I feel like this is like a pretty easy <laughs> um, half of the ball. Is there anybody that you want to start in Carolina? Like, real, like, is there anybody you're feeling, you know, confident about like Chuba Hubbard I think you're you're starting he's been uh, a top 20 running back in each of the last four weeks he's been getting the volume um or, or sorry three out of the last four weeks he's been getting the volume um clearly the number one guy but like outside of Chuba Hubbard who I don't even think has as much upside as you'd necessarily like um there's just not a whole lot of stability here with this passing offense with with their options and I mean you know even Adam Thielen for as solid a start as he's had to the season like since their bye week um, hasn't finished inside the top 20 uh, in a single week so I'm assuming we're sitting Adam Thielen correct I'm with you I'm sitting Adam Thielen Um, just the the offense in general has been so bad it's just like it's hard to watch at, at points and um, just, there's just not a lot there from the passing offense and hopefully Bryce young, you know, in, in year two can bounce back kind of thing. Cause obviously being the first overall pick there's, there's hope there, but hasn't looked good this year. Um, so yeah, I think it really is just Chuba Hubbard this week, 22 or more carries, uh, over the past three games, um, since Frank Reich was let go. So, um, we do like that for, for the volume, um, of touches. So yeah, I think it's just a Chuba Hubbard op- offense for me. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. He's he's going to show up on the, the injury report one of these days with a back injury from uh, carrying this whole team on <laughs> his his backside. Just yeah, saying. Very, very likely. Um, so let's talk about the Green Bay Packers then. Um, I think Aaron Jones probably the one to to look at here, at least to start. And we saw him come back last week and and was kind of eased into action, which I don't think was too big of a surprise considering they've done that with him prior um, to earlier in the season, I guess. And I think there's at least a decent chance that we see him get more involved this week because um, A.J. Dillon was out last week. Hopefully, I mean, I, I say hopefully, but for Aaron Jones' sake, hopefully A.J. Dillon is out again, right? And I think that will lead to more touches for Aaron Jones. So I do like his potential this week in in a positive matchup against the, the, the Panthers who are allowing the third most fantasy points to the running back position. Like, I feel like Aaron Jones is a, a decent start this week and just kind of projecting that he'll get more touches than he did last week yeah and this has been just kind of a a matchup that you know teams are are planning to run against like this has not been 
um, you know, a team that necessarily need, you need to throw the ball against just because of their point differential, um, second lowest point differential in the league to this point. Like, yeah, you don't need to sling the rock, uh, you know, 50 times a game against this defense uh, that has, you know, created some, some plus matchups for running backs. And, you know, on the, the other side, it, it's caused some down weeks for, you know, some of these opposing fantasy quarterbacks, uh, Jordan love. I am not a huge fan of this week. He's actually been a pretty solid, like low end quarterback one over the last month or so. And I think you've got to consider that this might just be one of those matchups that it, this is going to be a run heavy game script. I, I think we're going to look at, you know, maybe, um, you know, 20 plus touches for Aaron Jones in this game. And I think that that's going to kind of like wrap it up and we might not have as much viability through this passing game as we have in prior weeks. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much in, in, in agreement with you there. And just looking at the injury report, too, from today, it looks like it's out now. Uh, Christian Watson, non-participant here on Ooh. Thursday. Um, and Jaden Reed didn't practice today on Thursday either. Ooh. So, again, coming down to the passing offense, maybe Romeo Dobbs is, is somebody, you know, that you can stream this week, but not overly excited about it. Cause I'm with you. I think it is going to be a run heavy game script for the Packers this week. So um, maybe just more in the favor now of Aaron Jones uh, this week. So do like that. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. And this one, um, let's start with the Texan side of things um, because for the running backs, I mean, it doesn't look like CJ Stroud is going to play. So first off um, case Keenum is going to be the quarterback. So another team that may have no choice, but to run the ball here um, against the Browns, very good defense. Devin Singletary dominated the touches last week. And uh, that was nice to see for fantasy purposes. So Devin Singletary feels like somebody that, that, that we're starting at this point, right? Kate? Yeah, and uh, I, I think like you look at the the splits. Obviously, you know we've seen some ups and downs from this backfield entirely this season. Like one week it's Damian Pierce, one week it's Devin Singletary. But I mean, they absolutely, um, I, I think, look to keep the ball out of the quarterback's hands as much as possible. Last week, um, really hard to sit a guy, even even in a what's a, a pretty tough matchup. Um, that has the potential to touch the ball 20 plus times. And I do think that Devin Singletary, one of those few guys that you can probably pencil in for 20 carries plus and, and call it a day. So still starting Devin Singletary here, but honestly, yeah, he's, he's probably the only, you know, running back uh, or any fantasy asset that I think is really a viable start here. It, it it's a bummer yeah. to say because this Texans offense has been surging, but yeah, you know yeah, it was fun with with C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell and and Nico Collins, yes. but right, but it, it's a different team right now. And Case Keenum's going to be a quarterback because yeah, Stroud um, did not participate in practice here today, so um, doesn't look like he's going to be cleared um, for for this game. Nico Collins was limited on Wednesday. I don't see anything for him from uh, today, and then Noah Brown had a really nice week last week going against the Browns defense no. uh, again, 31st most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So that's second fewest it Nick and, and no Brown has not performed well against man coverage either. So 
for that part of it, I am with you. I think it's it's just Devin Singletary this week. I think we we play it safe here with this Texans offense. Yeah, not not looking to get cute. Um, you know, if if this were an offense that had all of their top options, I'd say, you know, again, tough matchup, but you still believe in the team. You believe in the fact that they're at home, but I mean, without CJ Stroud there to execute, not loving, not loving the potential here. Don't think the ceiling is high enough to justify some of the risks that you're going to incur. If you roll the dice with anybody besides Devin Singletary. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I just, uh, yeah. Case Keenum at QB just, uh, it worries me. That's for sure. Um, on the Brown side of things, they also have a uh, backup quarterback. It's Joe Flacco uh, at the helm here. So anybody on the Cleveland Brown side, because I, I feel like David Njoku has been a really nice start. I feel like he's pretty safe here to, to, to leave in lineups. Um, but Amari Cooper, another one of those guys that's been kind of up and down. So where are you at with the rest? I guess the rest of this Browns offense and, and maybe starting with uh, Amari Cooper. Do you, do you have him? ranked somewhere um that's startable yeah i i have uh you know I, I have amari cooper ranked as a wide receiver too i don't think the ceiling's necessarily as high as you'd like it to be but he's been a top 20 wide receiver each of the last two weeks joe flacco you know he'll he'll be willing to just kind of throw the ball in the air um the one thing that i do want to mention with this entire browns offense is the fact that like Looking at the running back situation, you know, we had Jerome Ford assuming this just monstrous workhorse role, um, you know, the to start the season after Nick Chubb's injury. Um, you know, I, I just want to like reassure people that Jerome Ford probably not a not a must start option anymore at this point in the season, not getting as much volume over the past like five weeks or so. We've seen that kind of gap between him and Kareem Hunt closing a little bit in terms of workload. Um, you know, not, not seeing those 20 plus carry games that, uh, you know, we, we want. And again, this Houston Texans defense, I have mentioned it on previous shows of ours, been looking pretty solid against the run this year, been holding opposing running backs to, uh, you know, some low efficiency rates. I, I think this could be, maybe a little bit of a trap game if you're still of the mindset that Jerome Ford is a must start just because he's a starting running back, like fading Jerome Ford pretty hard here in week 16. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, don't really feel great about Jerome Ford. And like you said, the, the gap is closing as far as usage goes between him and, and Kareem Hunt. And he started off pretty good with, with Nick Chubb out of the lineup, right? He had like the hundred yard, plus rushing game then he had a touchdown after he's had you know a couple games that he's been pretty good but it's just the usage the the involvement here has been has been lessened i guess over the the past few weeks with kareem hunt getting more involved so um yeah i'm with you i don't think there's really much else to look at here for the uh cleveland brown offense um so let's go to the detroit lions and the minnesota vikings um 
looking at the Viking side of things first here. So the, the Lions are actually giving up the fifth most fantasy points um, per game to the quarterback position. So I know Nick Botterford here at PFF wrote up Nick Mullins as his QB streamer of the week. He loves um, some Nick Mullins this week. There, There is an advantage in, in the trenches here for the, the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, one of the better offensive lines in the league, whereas Detroit really only has Aiden Hutchinson on their defensive line. Um, Nick also mentioned 79.5% adjusted completion rate for Nick Mullins, which ranks third among 53 qualifying uh, quarterbacks. Uh, and a, a nice little tidbit here that um, the Vikings are calling the highest rate of play action with Nick Mullins at quarterback and the Lions um, are the league's worst coverage team against play action. So um, there's there's a lot to like here, I guess, about the Minnesota offense with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. All those guys have advantages um, in their respective matchups as well. So Nick Mullins, um, as pointed out by Nick Botiford, um, could be a nice uh, streaming option here. I love that. The Nick to Nick stack. Yes. Um, and you look <laughs> at the, the weaponry, right? Like if you're going to trust one of these lower tier quarterbacks, uh, you're going to trust the guy that's throwing to one of the best skill position player groups in the league. So I, I think that's a great call. Yeah. It's similar to like why we like Brock Purdy so much. Um, and, and, you know, he's been efficient, but like he's throwing to some superstar players at all positions. Right. So you take advantage of that and then hope those guys can do the rest for you. So, um, other than that, I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, these guys are startable. TJ Hawkinson, obviously. Um, the running back position is going to be interesting this week because Alexander Madison did not practice on Wednesday. I haven't seen an update here for Thursday. Um, I'm looking right now. I still don't see anything for Thursday for the Vikings. So Alexander Madison, when he was out, Ty Chandler dominated the touches and had a really nice uh, fantasy week. So Alexander Madison, we really want your ankle to do better and heal <laughs> nicely. Rest a couple more weeks. Let's let Ty Chandler um, handle the carries here. <laughs> if Alexander Madison does come back, then I, I, I become a little bit more concerned about Ty Chandler. How about you? Yeah, I don't love the matchup. The The Lions have been, you know, yeah. pretty solid against the run this season. But I will say like that, that workload really, really hard to sit a guy with 20 plus carry potential and Ty Chandler definitely has that. You love to hear the the comments from Kevin O'Connell after that game too. I talked about it a little bit in the rushing report um, here coming out of week 15. He seemed to be really impressed with what we saw from Ty Chandler. I think Ty Chandler brought this element of toughness and explosion that I don't think this team's seen from Alexander Madison to this point in the season. Um, you know, Ty Chandler, he's had both of this team's, uh, you know, both of the, the, running rushing touchdowns within the running back room. Um, Ty Chandler has been, I, I think passing the eye test. And then he passed like the, the everything test. Once he finally got the workload, um, Kevin O'Connell did mention like, that's a guy that they want to keep a, as a focal point. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but a, a centerpiece in the offense moving forward. Um, I, I could picture this being a situation where, Alexander Madison might have lost his starting role. Um, it, again, you don't love the matchup. Uh, tempering expectations just a little bit for Ty Chandler, um, which, you know, against this matchup. But still, I think especially if Alexander Madison's out, you're going to have a tough time sitting him just based on, on a volume perspective alone. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I am with you 100%. Um, And then on the Lions side of things, um, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, all starters. Um, Jamison Williams, we saw get more than two touches uh, for the first time in his NFL career. So he could be more involved, hopefully again this week. It would be nice to see it more than more than just the one week and see uh, how much more involved he is again this week. So probably not somebody that I'm overly excited about starting this week, but I feel like for those deeper leagues, Jamison Williams, at least it was encouraging to see him get uh, more involved and, and, you know, there could be some potential there in an offense that, that can move the ball and Jared Goff, who has been playing well um, recently as well. Another one of those guys that has decent weapons all around, right? He has a Monroe St. Brown at wide receiver. He's got Sam Laporta at tight end. He's got the running backs. He's got um, Jamison Williams now potentially as well. So Jared Goff could be another one of those streaming options um, for me as well this week, Um, uh, despite it being on the road in Minnesota, who are one of the better teams, uh, one of the better defenses here. But um, yeah, anybody else for for Detroit for you or anything you want to expand upon for that group? No, I, I think the Detroit Lions, they're they're pretty clean at this point in the season. It's uh it's nice. I'm happy for these Lions, man. They're they're just on the cusp of uh, you know, winning that first ever NFC North title. And I I, I don't know, is this the the week that might seal the deal for them in that victory? Like this is a this is a pretty exciting week for for Lions fans. And I'm uh Man, I, I'm just loving and enjoying watching this offense, uh, both for fantasy and in real life, I just have to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's been uh, it's been nice to see. And uh, yeah, Detroit sports fans um, can use some some positives here um, this season. So yeah, the Lions might be their only hope for that right now, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, other than that, um, let's keep it rolling here and head to uh, Washington at the New York Jets. Um, which team do you want to start with with these two guys? Uh, let's start with the Jets. Um, sure. You know, I, um, they're the Jets, you know. I, <laughs> what else can we say? I mean, are you comfortable going back to Garrett Wilson? So, like, after – you know, he's been kind of a, a solid play in recent weeks, but, you know, had a, a abysmal outing here um, just last week. Like, do you feel confident going back to Garrett Wilson at this point? He was a wide receiver 65 in full PPR formats last week. Um, you know, not is, is 
the Washington Commanders secondary <laughs> bad enough that they might actually make this Jets passing offense look good? I don't know. Yeah, I think it helps. I, I mean, <laughs> they're they're definitely not as good as Miami, right? And we saw that Miami pass rush absolutely dominate um, the, the Jets offensive line and Zach Wilson last week. You don't worry about that as much uh, with Washington um, trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They only have their interior guys there. So there's at least that for them where I think, yeah, not comfortable starting Garrett Wilson, but I'm starting Garrett Wilson, right? Like in in that wide receiver two range again, um, Washington given up the second most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. So you do like that part of it, but there's always going to be concern when, when it's this jets offense and it's Zach Wilson. Um, and the same thing with Brees hall as well, right? Like Brees hall barely cracked. I think a third of the offensive snaps last week and led the team with a whopping six carries. Like, like what are we doing here? It's just, it's so frustrating sometimes, but you kind of have to bet on the talent, I think, with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. And those are the only guys that I think I'm trusting and just hoping for the best, hoping for a more favorable matchup here against a, a Washington defense that has definitely struggled uh, this season. Yeah, I think uh, Garrett Wilson, you probably have to start him second most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers the commanders are allowing this year. Um, I still think you're starting, you know, Brees Hall, and that's probably where it ends. Yep, I am with you. Um, and then on the Washington uh, offense, I mean, poor Sam Howell didn't, uh, he got benched last week, but you know, he, he wasn't playing well. And then um, Jacoby Brissett comes in and immediately turns Terry McLaurin into the fantasy wide receiver that we were hoping he would be. It does sound like Sam Howell will be starting again this week, but man, the Jets defense has been, has been a tough one that, that has been their strength all season long, um, limiting fantasy points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So the the Washington passing offense is definitely one for me, at least that I am trying to avoid uh, for the most part. And if I do have to start somebody, I mean, I don't mind like Curtis Samuel, who's he's been a lot better against man coverage this season. And the jets are uh, one of those top 10 teams in, in, in man coverage rate this season. So he could be somebody that's like a sneaky play if you really have to pick somebody, but we haven't seen the connection with Terry McLaurin and Sam Howell yet this year. So that's where I have my concerns um, in him having another big game, but might not have better options in that wide receiver three range. So I don't know anybody for Washington for you that you like. No, I'm fading Terry McLaurin. I know he just had a fantastic yeah. outing, but like you said, you know, like, a lot of those fantasy points came on the back of Jacoby Brissett, who's not going to get the start this week. 93 receiving yards and a touchdown uh, came from Brissett specifically. That was like, I don't know, like 75% of his fantasy production <laughs> came, um, you know, with what, seven minutes left in the game and in Brissett under center. This has not been a fruitful connection overall. So definitely not trusting that on the back of another matchup against a really challenging defense here against the Jets. No way, no how. <laughs> yeah, I am with you. And then um, their backfield, uh, it looks like uh, Brian Robinson was uh, DNP on Wednesday, still dealing with that hamstring injury and seen working out on the side at Thursday's practice. So potentially he could come back this week if he does. Um feel like he's probably in more of that kind of flex range if anything you know working off a hamstring injury 
Um, but yeah, we saw it last week. Um, it wasn't Antonio Gibson that led the team in carries either, right? It was Chris Rodriguez. And, and I know you wrote about that in the rushing report. So if there's a chance that Brian Robinson misses this game, how are you feeling about maybe a potential Chris Rodriguez uh, play in, in week 16 here? You know, I, I think it's, you could do worse in terms of, of, you know, finding guys maybe available on your waiver wire. Again, I'm not like crazy about this matchup in general, just for the fact that like Chris Rodriguez, he was the guy who saw the, the, you know, the rushing work primarily right. Antonio Gibson still maintain this role as um, you know, more of the receiving back. And if they can't get uh, the run established, if they can't get Sam Howell into rhythm, I do worry that, okay, maybe that's going to be the opportunity where they bring in Antonio Gibson and he's going to ruin your entire day just by being that, that primary asset on the field at running back even if he doesn't touch the whole, the ball a whole lot, like I I can picture that sort of scenario playing out here. Um, So again, like if you need a start at running back, I think Chris Rodriguez probably going to lead this team in rush attempts. It's just a matter of like how many rush attempts are you really going to get out of this team Um, that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a riskier play for sure, and it's going to depend a lot on Brian Robinson's availability, but we did see it last week that he did lead the team in carries with Robinson out, so there's potential for touches there, and sometimes that's all we're really looking for here in those deeper leagues, so Chris Rodriguez, just a name to kind of keep in the mind of fantasy managers, um, but anybody else from Washington for you? Nah. All right. Awesome. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So Kate, um, the one that I went with for tonight's game, the, the Thursday night game was Kyron Williams, more than 18 and a half receiving yards. Um, he's had at least four targets in each game since returning from injury. Um, last week had this really kind of crazy stat line of five catches for just three yards. Um, and then there was another weird one, uh, even the week before that, where he finished with negative one receiving yard on like three catches, but not banking on that happening three times in a row. He's also had games of 48 and 27, 24, 61, another 24 um, receiving yard game. So He's definitely cleared that 18 and a half uh, uh, plenty of times this season. And I think uh, we could see that again this week here going against the Saints. So like uh, Kyron Williams, more than 18 and a half receiving yards. Um, But anyone that you like this week? I really like that pick here. I think one of the uh, weekend slates that I want to highlight here uh, is Tanner Hudson, uh, more than 32 and a half receiving yards. I already mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Steelers here, their issues and inside linebacker now at safety. I really think this could be an opportunity to work that middle of the field. I love Tanner Hudson, especially uh, this team has just been allowing opposing tight ends to walk all over them. Why not Tanner Hudson here in week 16? Nice. I like it. Um, so yeah, go to prizefix.com slash PFF fantasy and use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizefix.com slash PFF fantasy and use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. Seattle Seahawks at the Tennessee Titans. Um, let's start with the Titans offense. Cause it's a pretty straightforward one to, to figure out here. And um, another one that, that you had talked about in, in panic or antic this week was Derek Henry's 
incredible inefficiency uh, in week 15. Um, so where are you at with Derrick Henry? Are you concerned, um, not to give away the article here too much, but are you concerned about that that inefficiency in week 15? I am. I, I'm super, super concerned. Fantasy managers, like I, I feel like he was able to kind of mask some of those inefficiencies just because of touchdown production prior to week 15, had three uh, straight games with two or more touchdowns. Like it was absolutely insane. So like, yeah, you're going to ignore some of those inefficiencies on the back of multiple touchdown games. I don't know that this is a, a, I don't know that this is a situation that we really want to lean into in the fantasy football playoffs. Derek Henry, he's too good to sit, but you know, given the involvement of Tajay Spears, given the fact that like, after this game, we've seen him come out and say, yeah, like I, you know, he's, he wants to play for a contender. Like, I do think this is, you know, one of those, those matchups that it looks really good on paper, but it's like, what is Derrick Henry going to be able to accomplish in this matchup? Don't know. Yeah. It didn't look good last week. Um, 0. It just looked like he was running into a brick wall and maybe <laughs> yeah. that's, he has played two really challenging defenses back to back the Texans and the Miami dolphins. So maybe that plays into it. Am I just, am I a recency bias um, type of person right now? Like, well, look, it's, it's the inefficiency is definitely concerning and we've seen it be a problem for a lot of fantasy running backs this season. And if the, he isn't scoring the touchdowns, then that's where you get concerned, right? Like, cause I don't think that this offense is good enough to sustain long drives or, or anything like that. So, and especially with Taji Spears working in there. So I, I definitely see the argument. I think that the main thing is just the overall volume for, for Derek Henry, right? 16 carries, um, I think 20 total touches last week. So that's been the nice part of it. Um, but if he's not going to do anything with those touches, then that it definitely becomes a concern, right? And then we've seen that with Austin Eckler this year as well. So um, touchdown dependent play, I, I think probably an RB2 more than anything. Um, but yeah, I, just hoping for some volume and, and then getting those goal line touches. But um, that that's pretty much Derrick Henry this season in a nutshell. Yeah, definitely more of a boomer bust option. I mean, like from... Uh, a yardage standpoint, like just hasn't been super productive, 40 or fewer rushing yards in four of the last seven games. Like, yeah, not great. Not great. No. Um, yeah. Luckily he's got those touchdowns to help him. But um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, Deandre Hopkins, I, I feel like uh, probably a starter in that low end wide receiver two range a- as well, but anybody else for you for, for Tennessee this week against the Seahawks? No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, and then on the Tennessee side of things, uh, it seems like Geno Smith will be back uh, at quarterback this week. Um, but not that Drew Locke was was overly terrible uh, on Monday night either. So um, we, we like DK Metcalf. Uh, I feel like I like Jackson Smith and Jigba as well, like in a, in a flex range um, for me with uh, along with Tyler Lockett. But there, there's definitely a world where I'm starting Jackson Smith and Jigba over Tyler Lockett. If, you know, looking at it a little bit here and Tennessee or yeah, Tennessee, one of those teams that does play about an average rate of man coverage, but they are among the five worst teams in the league at one playing man coverage, as far as yards allowed per coverage target and explosive play rate allowed in man where Jackson Smith and Jigba ranks second on the team in target rate with 23%. 
and fantasy routes, fantasy points per route run at 0.4 against man coverage this season. So I kind of like him as like a stronger flex play this week. And maybe it's just watching that touchdown that he scored um, on Monday night, just being so nice and, and falling in love with that. But um, I, I like Jackson Smith and Jake, but I think uh, he could be one of those flex options for me this week. Yeah, I think that's a, a solid call. I mean, just in general, watching the development of Jackson Smith and Jigba over the last like month or so, you're starting to see that role increase. I think he's just looking, uh, you know, just a a bit more confident, a bit more competent every single week. Um, just passing that eyeball test by a mile. You love to see the touchdown and, and him being able to step up in such an important moment in that game. Um, you know, I think he's definitely earning his stripes in this offense and yeah, I think that could be a, a pretty favorable spot to, to keep him going. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, other than that, I mean, Kenneth Walker, I feel like we, we saw him kind of take back the, the large majority of snaps uh, in the backfield and, and carries last week. So feels like he's back to being a safe start here without there being a major concern for Zach Charbonnet kind of eating into his touches. So uh, are you, you feeling the same way about this backfield? Is there a, a decent gap between the two for you? Or do you think Charbonnet's a, a little bit closer than um, last week showed? One thing that I definitely want to keep an eye out uh, on is Kenneth Walker's like overall health status mm. um, sat out of practice. It wasn't a full practice. It was like a, a walkthrough here, uh, but listed with a shoulder injury uh, and missed practice with that. I missed the walkthrough, um, you know, not totally sure what that all will be about, but I'll be keeping an eye on the practice report moving forward. Um, we'll see if he does like once they actually get, back into full practices. Like if he's still missing time, if he's still limited, like I keep an eye on that. Cause that could put Zach Charbonnet in for maybe a, a greater share of the workload, even if Walker is active. There you go. So yeah, definitely injuries to keep an eye on there. And another injury uh, that just came across, it looks like Keenan Allen has been ruled out for Saturday's game versus Buffalo. So we just talked about that a, a few minutes ago, that game for the Chargers, it just gets uh, even worse for that offense. So um, there you go. No Keenan Allen this week. Um, anybody else for the Seahawks? Uh, back to that team for you. Anybody else to talk about there? No, I think we got it. Got it. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are up next on the slate. Um, I guess starting with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Um, I mean, Chris Godwin has been playing a, a lot better lately coming off in a really nice week last week where he was PPR wide receiver four. He's had 11 targets now in back-to-back -back games, which has been uh, really nice to see. Um, Baker Mayfield obviously making a conscious effort to throw him the ball. Um, still just the one touchdown on the year, which <laughs> is a bummer, but Baker Mayfield playing better, the Bucs in general playing better. There could be room now for Chris Godwin to kind of move up the ranks and, and get into starting lineups here, especially considering how um, decent this offense has been, Rashad White, Mike Evans included. Yeah, this also is a, like a fairly favorable matchup for them to get the ball rolling top 10 and fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Um, you know, Baker, I think is also a fine streaming option with the way that yep. this offense has just been executing at this point. Like he coming off, arguably the, the best game of his career, 381 passing yards, four passing touchdowns um, just was so, so dominant on the road in green Bay, which, 
um, you know, that, that can be a pretty hostile environment to play in. Um, so all overall, just excited about this Tampa Bay Bucks offense. You're, you're starting Rashad white full confidence. Um, but I think really both Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield, all like, if I had a lineup with all three of them, I wouldn't be mad about it, which that's saying yeah. something. Yeah, it's been uh, it's nice to see. So we're yeah feeling pretty confident about the Bucks offense this week against Jacksonville, and then on the Jacksonville um, offense themselves. I mean, is there anybody that you're overly confident in here other than Travis Etienne, maybe Evan Ingram? That's pretty much it at this point. Now, <laughs> like keep in mind, it you know Trevor Lawrence dealing with a concussion, so we're gonna have to see if he clears protocol. You know, I think if. Trevor Lawrence is active. This could be an interesting spot for a Calvin Ridley, um, a, a solid day from Calvin Ridley, the, the Bucks secondary along the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers um, could be an interesting matchup. I trust Calvin Ridley, obviously, you know, one-on-one -on -one against these defenders a bit more with Trevor Lawrence under center than I would maybe a CJ Beathard. We'll see how that works out, but you know, at this point in the week in this crucial of a week, yeah, I'm, I'm, Tra trusting Travis Etienne and I'm trusting, you know, Evan Ingram, who hopefully they can just get him going across the middle of the field. Um, you know, especially if Trevor Lawrence is out this game, they're going to need some of those layup shots. And I think that, you know, Evan Ingram is more of that layup shot kind of guy. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And yeah, Trevor Lawrence did not practice uh, today, still sidelined with the concussion. So that is concerning. Um, like you said, Calvin Ridley, he's he's another one of those guys with at least 11 targets in back-to-back -back weeks. It, it feels like it's coming for him, but I feel like you're going to need Trevor Lawrence to get him there. Um, so he he's definitely been very boom bust this year. And uh, I don't know, I, it could be another one of those bust weeks. But yeah, I, I like um, I like Evan Ingram as well. I know he had the down week last week, but been really solid this year for uh, as far as tight ends go. So that might be it for me as well. Um, and yeah, Zay Jones didn't practice, uh, today either with the uh, knee and hamstring injuries. So Jags offense, our passing offense could just be, uh, Evan Ingram as the, the primary target there. I won't complain. Yeah. Yep. Me neither. Um, so looking at the Arizona Cardinals and the Chicago bears now, um, start with Justin Fields because I, this was one I like that you put this one in the the panicker antic as well because he's had fewer than ten points in two of the past three weeks. So how are you feeling about Justin Fields as far as confidence levels go going against the Arizona Cardinals this week after um, yeah some some disappointing performances recently? A couple of disappointing performances, but I mean you couldn't ask for a better matchup against uh, this Arizona Cardinals defense to just kind of get the ball rolling. Um, Chicago, they're back at home, and uh, this has been a very fruitful matchup, uh, especially for the run, which, guess what? Justin Fields, pretty good runner, uh, in case you've never heard of him. Uh, you know, I think the, this defense is going to be able to give up points both through the air and on the ground. And I think they're probably going to struggle a little bit to cover a, a quarterback like Justin Fields that has that dual threat ability. I'm starting Justin Fields with absolute confidence this week. Um, you know, I, I have him ranked as a top six quarterback. I think he's going to bounce back in, in full swing. No questions asked, uh, you know, same for DJ Moore, lighting him up with full confidence. Um, you know, Cole Komet, I consider more of a boom bust, like, you know, low end tight end one, high end tight end two. But, um, you know, from the standpoint of 
how this offense matches up against a defense. I do think this is a, a pretty favorable matchup to, to reignite that spark that maybe they were missing there in week 15. Yeah. I'm with you. I love Justin Fields this week. Love DJ Moore. Um, Cole Komet, I, I think could be a fine option this week as well, just because we, we like Fields so much. And um, I think even Nate wrote him up as, as a start sit. Um, Cole Komet, he wrote him up as a start this week. Six targets in six of his last seven games, averaging 13.2 PPR points per game during that stretch, um, which puts him at tight end seven. So you do like that for Cole Komet. Um, the running backs, as, as nice of a matchup as this is, Cardinals giving up the most fantasy points per game to the running back position. It is just a mess over there to kind of sort out. So Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, all working in. I don't want uh, really any part of uh, the Chicago backfield. It's just, yeah, it's gross. It's playing Russian roulette with your fantasy teams. No, thank you. Yeah, not at this point in the year. So on the Arizona side of things, um, this is another group that, again, you don't probably want to mess around with too much trey mcbride has been awesome and it is a nice matchup for him um the bears giving up the fourth most points per game to the tight end position so we obviously feel confident starting him as he's been that good this these past few weeks and kyler murray sure um james connor where where, what about james connor guys i i feel like i'm not starting anybody on the the for the wide receivers, unless you are uh, or feel particularly strong about any of them, um, which I don't. But how are you feeling about James Conner this week going against uh, the Bears? I don't love the matchup in particular against the Bears. This has been, you know, relatively, um, you know, a, a relatively solid rushing defense, especially through the second half of the season. Um, but from like a volume perspective, can't ask for from for much more uh, from James Conner here. 16 plus touches. Um, in four of his five games since returning from an injury um, that, you know, kept him out. I think he missed like four games, but when he's been in the lineup, he's been touching the ball early and often uh, had a touchdown in each of the last two weeks. Again, I'm not expecting a whole ton, but, you know, was able to post 89 yards last week for, and uh, including a touchdown against the 49ers. I think, you know, he might be rumbling a little bit and, um, even if maybe we don't get the the most efficient day out of him, I think could be enough volume there to to sustain some relevance there. And I, I agree with you. You're you're starting, um, you know, Trey McBride with full confidence. Obviously, um, you know, top three tight end on the week probably uh, for for me. Um, and that's yeah. kind of where it ends for these Arizona Cardinals. I'm not not overly excited about this offense. And you know, even from the the standpoint of the Chicago bears passing attack. Like they, this defense could give Arizona a a little bit more trouble, especially there um, in soldier field. Like that can be a a tough place to play. We'll see what the weather looks like, but um, interested to see how this Cardinals offense comes out to look against them. Yeah. I'm with you. I like that call. Um, All right. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys at the Miami dolphins. Now, um, We'll start with the Miami offense because uh, obviously Tyreek Hill missed last week's game. Um, I haven't seen an injury report for today, so I'm just looking it up uh, quickly here. Uh, he returned to practice on Thursday. So uh, with that ankle hey. injury, so that was nice to see. Um, and it looked like De- Devon Achan um, 
yeah, Achan, right? Is that how we were calling him? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, return to practice on Thursday as well. So um, nice to see for some of those uh, fantasy starters because, yeah, we we like Tuatunga Vailoa for the most part. Um, not the best matchup this week uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. It's kind of concerning um, just because Dallas is so good at bringing pressure and Tua hasn't performed well under pressure this season. You look at um, some of his his numbers, he's thrown for 505 passing yards total on the year when under pressure, which ranks 26th among quarterbacks. Um, he's thrown just two touchdowns total when under pressure this season, uh, and he's yet to throw more than one passing touchdown in a game against opponents whose defensive line ranks among the top quarter of the league in pass rush grade. So really kind of uh, obscure stat there that I decided to pull um, that. Uh, I mean, Tua, he's been good. Like he's got the weapons. He's another one of those guys, right? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devin H. Chan, Raheem Mostert that, that you love. And, and those guys can get, get, do the damage there. So um, I feel like the rest of the, the Miami offense, pretty straightforward. How about you? Yeah, it, you know, I think if you need to start Tua, he's a fine start, but definitely not a must start at this point in the season. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he has the weapons, but haven't always seen him, uh, you know, utilize that we those weapons to a point where it impacts his fantasy value. Um, he's finished as a uh, quarterback outside of the top 20 performers in three of the last four weeks. Um, and even just from like an upside perspective, he hasn't finished um, inside the top 10 dating back to week eight. Um, and even then again, just not a whole ton of upside. So I don't think you need, uh, mm -hmm. to necessarily start him if you have some better options. Um, if you have like a, a Jared Goff, well, I know he's had like his ups and downs. I preferred Goff, um, over to this week. Um, you know, you could roll the dice with Sam Howell, maybe, you know, Russell <laughs> Wilson might prove, you know, give you a, a solid outing. Uh, even Baker Mayfield, I think I would probably take yeah. over to a heading into. So like I, there are a lot of options that I actually do uh, want to consider here over Tua. Um, but you know, I'm starting Moster, HN, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, if healthy, like, yeah, I, it, they are what they are. And you know what? So are the, the Dallas Cowboys, like they are what they are. You're starting <laughs> Dak Prescott. Um, again, not necessarily the best defensive matchup for the Cowboys on the other side of the ball. Um, but both of these offenses just so, uh, so potent. I know Dallas is on the road, which might have people a little bit nervous, but I have to imagine that Mike McCarthy is going back to the drawing board, looking at what in the world happened, um, here against the Bengals in week 15. And I'm still starting Dak. I'm still starting Tony Pollard. Um, again, maybe tempering some of those expectations because the Miami Dolphins have been a really solid defense. Um, but, you know, especially since Jalen Ramsey has been in the mix here in the secondary. I I think the only player that I'm really like a, a no-go on in the Dallas offense is Brandon Cooks. Um, and that just kind of comes from the fact that he's already been a pretty volatile asset so far on the year. Um, and, and I'm not sure I'm going to trust that volatility here against a, a pretty talented secondary. I'm with you. I think you covered it there um, pretty well. So um, yeah, those are all the main points I think to cover for, for the Dallas and, and Miami uh, offenses. So let's go to the new England Patriots at the Denver Broncos Sunday night football. Um, 
start with let's start with the Broncos offense and like you mentioned Russell Wilson um could have a decent week this week and I'm with you and and I think uh, Nick as well um you know has him a little bit lower but he he has him as a streamer to avoid this week I'm so sorry I I thought he had it was a a positive thing but Nick has him as a streamer to avoid and I think it just has focusing a lot on um New England's high blitz rate and Russell Wilson struggling against the blitz this season so he ranks 21st in big time throw rate 16th in turnover worthy play rate 19th in yards per attempt versus the blitz so Nick's Nick's not as in love with him um this week and and then even Nate actually wrote him up as a start as a sit um this week Russell Wilson so the Broncos kind of the clear favorites could rely on the run game a little bit more so I don't know I, I mean I don't hate Russell Wilson it's not the best matchup but you look at fantasy points per game to the quarterback position but there there's definitely a world here where he could end up with another one of those disappointing performances. Cause he's had those this year for sure. Um, so yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't that, like, yeah, I don't love, love, love the matchup for Russell right. Wilson, but I do think that he's been one of the like the safest and least volatile assets that we've seen as a quarterback. I mean, he's pretty much been QB 10 to QB 12 every given week, regardless of matchup. So like, from a safety perspective, I think, you know, hands down a, a safer play for me than a guy like Tua who's, you know, had probably a lower, um, uh, you know, a lower floor than Russell Wilson overall. And, you know, not even as high a ceiling as you'd like to make up for that lower floor. Um, you know, the the Patriots obviously very good against the run, um, probably, you know, just an inefficient matchup for opposing running backs. Like the, the greatest um, weakness they've had is, is more of these running backs in more of a receiving role. So, um, you know, obviously that plays into Russell Wilson in particular. It's hard to imagine how this game's going to be. It feels like it could be a trap game for either, either one of these outings, but like Russell Wilson, I think he's a fine play. Um, Cortland Sutton, fine, not super mm-hmm. excited. I'm not really excited for anybody, um, you know, in this Denver offense this week in particular, yeah. just because, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, you know, I, I already mentioned the Patriots, like their greatest weakness against opposing running backs has been more in the the receiving game than anything. And then, you know, you look at, Denver and how they've utilized their, their running backs in the receiving game. It's kind of been like a split role between right. Javante. They, they don't have a clear cut guy that we could kind of pin as the go-to option. So this, I, I think could be a little bit of a trap uh, in any regard, but on the other side of the ball, is it Ezekiel Elliott or bust? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it feels like it might be um, because, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson did not practice on Wednesday. Um, I haven't seen anything for today. So looking that one up again, it looks like he wasn't spotted at practice on Thursday, uh, according to Mike Reese of uh, ESPN. So, yeah, it could be very well uh, Ezekiel Elliott or Bust this week. Uh, the, the Broncos giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the running back position. So you do like that. Hunter Henry, obviously, you know, he, he's he's got the touchdowns recently. Um, there's maybe some touchdown potential there again with him. Um, the Broncos giving up the most fantasy points per uh, game to the tight end position. But Hunter Henry just feels super risky for me um, at this point in the season. But depends who your options are at tight end, because there's been some disappointing uh, players at that position. So 
could be an option, but yeah, I, even Demario Douglas, like I don't feel great about like Bailey Zappi at quarterback and you know, yeah, yeah. I think it's Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Moving on to the Monday games, Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas city chiefs. And these are the, the Christmas day games here. So um, let's start with the chiefs. Um, we got Patrick Mahomes. Looks like Isaiah Pacheco's back. So we like that. Um, uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire filled in perfectly fine while, while Pacheco was out, but we could safely move Clyde Edwards, Alaire back to the benches now uh, and yes. plug uh, Isaiah Pacheco into lineups. Um, and then, yeah, Travis Kelsey, a tight end we're starting. And then it is Rashi Rice season once again. Um, just been excellent. I mean, since week 12, when he finally saw more than 65% of routes run, he is the PPR wide receiver three um, in that span. So three touchdowns Woo! in those four games as well. He has been excellent as we've been hoping for, as we've been asking for all season. So definitely comfortable starting Rashi Rice again, but anybody else for Kansas City for you? No, you nailed it. Rashi Rice or bust. Um, you, you know, you're again, Kansas City, one of these fairly straightforward offenses. And I kind of think the same about Las Vegas Raiders. Like, obviously, coming off that hot win, I do think we're gonna have Josh Jacobs back in this game. Yeah. Um, can't say Chiefs not like the the most favorable matchup for opposing running backs, but I think you start him from a volume perspective. Um, I, I think the biggest question, obviously, you're starting Devontae Adams. What's your level of confidence here? Um, for a guy like Jacoby Myers here against the Chiefs, had a pretty solid outing in their first meeting earlier this season. Um, one of Jacoby Myers' uh, touchdown games, which you absolutely love to see. But this is a, a defense that I think has kind of kind of rallied a little bit. Um, a, a few weeks ago, that, that line was six receptions, 79 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Can he repeat? I don't think he's going to repeat to that um, extent. I think that was, you know, a, a really nice one. And I think for Jacoby Myers, like I, I, I really like Jacoby Myers, but I think we're banking on the touchdown probably against Kansas city um, more than anything. Cause I, I think the Kansas city defense, again, really good. I don't have like a, still a ton of faith in Aiden O'Connell. I know he had the four touchdown game there, but it was against a very hapless Chargers um, defense that clearly uh, were looking to lose that game by a large margin. So I don't know that I really want to trust it again. Um, it probably like like wide receiver three range for me. I think that's that's perfectly fine for Jacoby Myers. I don't know that it's it's going to be that big you know high ceiling game that that. Um, we've seen in the past from him. So just hasn't seen the, the same target rate that he was earlier in the year. And that that's kind of where the concern in comes from me um, and, and just kind of hoping for him to find the end zone, but could be tougher here against um, the luxurious need and, and, and Trent McDuffie and those sorts. So um, yeah, wide receiver three range for me feels fine, but yeah, not excited about him, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it, you know, especially last week in particular saw, Aiden O'Connell really like spread the ball out around mm -hmm. quite a bit, uh, five different players with four or more targets on the day. Obviously Devontae Adams like led that pack by far, but um, you know, the fact that he dispersed targets that evenly outside of Devontae Adams, a little bit concerning for the upside of maybe some of these other guys um, got Trey Tucker involved last week, had two touchdowns again, not, not banking on that, but every, you know, target, for Trey Tucker is another one that, you know, might be out of the window for Jacoby Myers, um, Michael Mayer, like uh, none of these guys I, I consider true, um, 
true staples at this point beyond Devonte Adams that you're you're really going to trust here in a crucial game situation. Yeah, I'm with you, and it really seems like they're making an effort to make Devonte Adams happy. I mean, they played him late into that that blowout uh, victory last week as well, and we're still stats, throwing baby, the ball. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we do like that for Devonte um, Adams' purposes, but yeah, it could be a little less for for everybody else. So. Um, moving on to the other Monday game, it is the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, anywhere in particular that you want to start with these two NFC East teams? Um, let's start with the Giants, like fairly, fairly uh, straightforward, I think, team. Um, obviously, you're starting Saquon Barkley. I know the the matchup on paper kind of looks uh, a bit daunting against the Philadelphia Eagles. Overall in the season, uh, ranked 31st in points allowed to the running back position. But as of lately, they, you know, as this defense has kind of broken down in general, we've seen that defensive line been just a little bit more generous to opposing running backs. So I'm not, not too concerned for Saquon Barkley here. Um, what's your, your temperature check? So let's say you had Darren Waller earlier in the season. Um, you know, obviously he went out with that hamstring injury, uh, has been absent, but came back last week, six targets, four receptions, 40 receiving yards. Like that's, uh, you know, really any tight end that's going to come into a game and get six targets. You're probably going to be happy with that as like a fringe tight end one, regardless of whether or not they score a touchdown. Um, what's your level of confidence that like, this could be another solid day for Darren Waller. Yeah, feeling a little bit better uh, about Darren Waller than I was last week. I, I had a feeling that they would kind of ease him into the, the, the lineup last week, and they did. He, he didn't play a ton of snaps. I think he played less than half the, the offensive snaps, but still saw that really nice target rate, which I think is is the more encouraging sign here, right? And I, if you assume that, you know, he's healthier um, and he's going to be playing a little bit more this week, which, I mean, if they want to be competitive in this game, he's going to have to play a little bit more. So, um yeah, feel pretty good about him. I think I, he probably cracks that top 12 um, tight end range for me um, this week, probably just barely, but um, feeling okay about him. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think um, especially given those limited snaps, um, you know, just from a, a standpoint of involvement, uh, when you look at his target share on those very limited snaps, like you're, you're going to presume that that's going to steadily increase as you know he he reacclimates to game action um just a, a overall encouraging sign on the day that that we saw him as involved as he was um right out of the gate there yeah yeah definitely nice to see um and we'll see what happens with uh with tommy cutlets there because he was questionable i know um i'm just looking at the injury report here i don't see anything for him, uh, that says that he he's he's dealing with anything. So I don't know. It, it might be back this week um, going against the Eagles. I, I don't know that it matters who's that quarterback um, for, for the Giants at this point, but still feel about the same for, for Darren Waller. I'm not starting any of the Giants quarterbacks anyways. Um, so on the Eagles side of things, we're starting Jalen Hurts, we're starting A.J. Brown, starting Dallas Goddard for the most part, um, Devontae Smith as well. So DeAndre Swift, I, I think we talked about this last week um, about him having a better 
week and and he did he, he was definitely more involved um 18 carries for 74 yards not a huge game for by any means but we at least saw that favorable game script which i think we was what we were expecting um from De- deandre swift last week i think we could get more of the same from him this week um in, in a game that the eagles should be able to run the ball and and have the lead in this game so i do like deandre swift again this week it, it definitely in that starting range for me and not expecting a, a down week from him yeah, definitely. I think um, right out of the gate, a little nervous seeing Kenneth Gainwell. It looked like it was almost going to be a Kenneth Gainwell <laughs> game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DeAndre Swift definitely came through 20 total touches on the day um, and at, outsnapped Kenneth Gainwell by a decent margin. 41 total snaps on the day to Gainwell's 28. Um, just you're you're very happy to see that involvement. He also uh, saw three targets to Gainwell's one, like across the board in terms of their usage. DeAndre Swift was in fact the guy. So you'd love to see that. And this again, should be a favorable matchup to the run. Um, Hopefully they can keep that going, but yeah, again, Philly, one of these pretty straightforward offenses at this point. Definitely. Um, All right, let's go on to the final game of the week. Monday night football has the Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. This one should be a good one. Um, let's start with the 49ers offense because I feel like this is a pretty easy one. Uh, we're starting check, Brock Purdy. Check, check, check. Yeah. yeah. McCaffrey, Deeple Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Um, any disagreements with starting any of those guys? No. And like very interestingly, like obviously you have two of the best defenses in the league going toe to toe in this matchup but also two of the best offenses in the league going toe to toe in this matchup. So like from a, a matchup perspective, kind of just throwing matchup out of the window entirely and looking at these two teams for what they are, because obviously pretty well matched in terms of, you know, offense versus defense and vice versa. Um, You're starting all of the 49ers and, you know, on the Baltimore side, you're still starting, Lamar Jackson, you're, you're starting a, you know, Isaiah likely, I think maybe the biggest question, what's your trust level um, in Zay flowers who, you know, had a a down week in week 15 was super uninvolved. um, Caught just one reception, seven receiving yards. Do you trust that they're going to get him more involved here in week 16? Was that, was that an anomaly? Cause I feel like things seem to be trending up for Zay flowers. And then, uh, you know, it also seemed like a favorable matchup for Zay Flowers and then nada, kerplunk. Um, can you trust Zay Flowers in such a crucial week, um, knowing that this perhaps could be, um, you know, a, a higher scoring matchup if these two offenses are playing at their best? Yeah, I'm concerned uh, about say Flowers for sure. The the, the production's been down recently and and it, they've been involving Odell Beckham a little bit more at least as far as targets go. Um they seem to want to get him the ball when he's on the field. Isaiah Likely's done a nice job um getting targets as well. So that's kind of left Zay Flowers as the odd man out for a few weeks here. Um he's yeah, I I think he's on the outs for me um as far as like startability goes. I I I feel fine starting Isaiah likely and Lamar Jackson, like you said, but I don't want to start a ton of receiving, receiving options for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, even in a matchup like this, where there could be some fireworks here offensively, but I, I just, I, I'm not trusting it. So Zay flowers, probably low end, like wide receiver three range for me this week. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Um, Gus Edwards. I think you, you 
fire him up. Obviously, the unfortunate season-ending injury to rookie Keaton Mitchell, I think, is going to force Gus Edwards back into a position like where he is the main guy. We'd seen his role kind of dwindle over the past few weeks uh, with that emergence of Keaton Mitchell. But again, kind of, uh, you know, they're elevating Melvin Gordon. But even the the last time we saw Melvin Gordon active, it was a it was uh, Gus Edwards here who managed the majority of the work. Um, you might see Justice Hill involved as a receiver, but like also we've seen. Gus Edwards involved as a receiver from time to time this year. And obviously they like him around the goal line. So um, definitely, uh, you know, firing up Gus Edwards, even in a challenging matchup. Um, But yeah, I think that's kind of the Raven side of the ball. Yeah, I I think it is as well. And and I I agree with, with Gus Edwards. I know, you know, the matchup might look intimidating on paper going against the 49ers, but again, if you're going to bet on volume and, and touches here, I like Gus Edwards in that role. So um, he was averaging 13.9 carries per game prior to Keaton Mitchell's emergence from weeks two to eight, I think it was. So again, not an ideal matchup necessarily, but we know he's going to get the carries. We know he's going to get the goal line work. So for that, from that perspective, I think Gus Edwards definitely is a startable option um, this week. So that is pretty much it for this week's slate of games um, that that wraps up all, all of our games it. here. So nice. Um, yeah, that's going to do it here for the week 16 preview episode and week two of the fantasy football playoffs, of course. So thank you all so much for listening and or watching on the YouTube. Um, we hope that every single one of you will be back next week because that more than likely means that you won your matchup and we'll be looking to win a fantasy championship. Um, a big thanks to Kate as well um, for coming on here, helping the good people get this, the lineup set for a huge week. So Kate, Thank you. And before you go, please let everybody know where they can find more of you and your work as well. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Kate Majuk. That's M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. Also find my work at PFF. I've got the uh, rushes and touches report every week. Um, Also got the panic or antic column and dropping Friday will be some high upside, uh, high risk, high reward options uh, to consider if you find yourself in a pinch. Nice. Like that. Um, yeah. As for me, uh, you can find my work all on pff.com, IDP fantasy report, IDP rankings, wide receiver man's own coverage report, um, O-line, D-line matchups to target and avoid. All of that fun stuff is up there as well. So yeah, enjoy Thursday night football, Saturday football, Christmas football this week. Good luck in the semifinals. And hopefully you'll all be back again next week to do it again. So appreciate you all. And until next time, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and peace out.